Two out of three falls. Welcome to a new edition of the Two Out of Three Falls Wrestling Podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast with myself, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And as always, I'm joined by Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. He's also the host of WrestleRant Radio. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great as always, Randy. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I, I, I'm not too sure if if uh, I should be shocked that that living in New York now and we're in the middle of February and it's fucking 70 deg- uh, degrees outside. I know, dude. I got the same weather over here in Massachusetts. I mean, I appreciate it just for right now just because we got so much fucking snow a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, the weather's bipolar right now. I can't complain, though. I'm enjoying it. Oh, no, no, I'm not complaining, but 70 gram in February or 68? <laughs> yeah, like, it was like 20 on. a couple weeks ago, so yeah, it is, it is pretty hectic. And I can then, only imagine how hot it's going to be in like a fucking month or so. And then watch uh, next week, it'll be like, like, like 42. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm expecting. You got to expect the unexpected these days. Yeah, man, shit is crazy. Um, Before I go further, have you heard of the company called Homage before? I have. I've heard of them through you. They got some great t-shirts, and I'm a great aficionado. I'm a huge aficionado of wrestling t-shirt collectors. So I've seen a lot of the shirts they put out, and they're pretty freaking sweet stuff. Well, that makes two of us. You're a fan of them. I'm a fan of them. They do a lot of great vintage throwback stuff. And the reason why I mention them, because they are all they are on the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania, I think, is uh, first week of April, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, what they're doing is every... Every week for nine weeks leading up to WrestleMania, they're going to produce a shirt kind of like showcasing the major impact moments of of WrestleMania. So uh, for those who don't know, you can go to Twitter, follow them at Homage. um, Go to Homage.com slash WrestleMania. Four shirts are are out already. The first one is uh, obviously the first WrestleMania with the first WrestleMania logo. The second one was um, highlighting WrestleMania 3 with uh, Macho Man Ricky Steamboat for the IC title. Uh, the third one was the Ultimate Challenge, Ultimate Warrior against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6. And just this past week, uh, shirt number four was the Boyhood Dream, Shawn Michaels winning the belt at WrestleMania 12. So go to homage.com. Hit them up, uh, find them on Twitter at Homage. They do great work, uh, great guys over there. I don't know what the remaining five are going to be, so um, stay tuned to that. Again, Homage.com slash WrestleMania as Homage is on the road to WrestleMania. So, Graham, uh, pretty decent Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, we're one week away from Fastlane. That'll be next, next weekend. So, and after that, there are no more pay-per-views until WrestleMania. So um, I want to ask you, I, 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 I want to start with this. How surprised were you that we got a Braun Strowman Big Show main event in 2017? Big Show main eventing Raw in 2017. I'll tell you this much. It wasn't all that surprising just because we got the same exact thing. Fun fact for you, we got the exact same match literally almost exactly a year ago. President's Day 2016, 
showing Strowman, and the match fucking sucked. It was one of the worst matches I've seen in the, in, in the main event, in wow. the main event, too. And the match was awful, which is why it blows my mind that almost exactly a year later, President's Day 2017, they produced one of the best bout on the entire show and probably Braun Strowman's best match to date in singles competition. So um, I was thoroughly surprised by not only the fact that it got the main event, but in the end, I wasn't all that shocked because the match was actually really good in a breakout performance by Braun Strowman, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought I thought it was a good match. Uh, you know, for it to be the main event, I was like, whoa, like big show, 2017, main eventing, you know. Um, but overall, good match, great back and forth stuff. So um, it just gives Braun Strowman more of a, a, of a of a push going into WrestleMania. We have no idea what his plans are for WrestleMania. A singles match, the Battle Royal, we have no idea. But I think for a main event, um, of that caliber without having a Kevin Owens involved or, or Reigns involved or Jericho involved uh, w- was pretty cool, pretty different. And, um, you know, and Big Show, Big Show looks great, lost, lost crazy um, amount of weight. So um, for them to put on, a, for them to put on a good match in the main event w- w- was, was pretty good. So um, big ups to Braun Strowman and, and Big Show. Um, but Raw started with the, the Kevin Owens promo on Goldberg. Uh, for those who don't know, the Universal Championship is between Kevin Owens and Goldberg next week at Fastlane. Uh, I thought it was a great fucking promo. Um, him sitting in the middle of the ring, lights off, ex- except for the spotlight. It kind of re- reminded me of when, when Batista had that, that late heel run and he would walk out to the mm-hmm. ring with the spotlight following him. Uh, what did you make of the Kevin Owens promo, and did did it put maybe doubt or change in your mind that he could walk out of fast lane still as champion? That's a great comparison to the Batista promo. I was not thinking of that, but now that you brought it up, that is a great comparison because it was very similar in that respect. Um, that promo, I got to agree with you. I mean, Owens is an exceptional mic worker. I think we all know that. He's always been a tremendous talker. But that was his best promo, either since joining the main roster or at least since the feud with either Sami Zayn or, or John Cena two years ago. Mm-hmm. Just because he was finally, and I've said this you know, time and time again, he's finally the heel that he should have been from the get-go. Like, this is the Kevin Owens we should have seen a long-ass time ago. And now he's a much bigger threat going against Goldberg at Fastly next week. And now to answer the second part of your question, whether I think that his chances have gone up of beating Goldberg at Fastly... Maybe a little bit, I still say, and maybe my thoughts will change by next week when we do our predictions for the show. But where we stand right now, I still do think that it's going to be uh, Goldberg going over and taking the title going into Mania just because Owens, I just can't see, see a scenario where he wins unless maybe Samoa Joe interferes or something. But even in that case, I just don't see a very good likelihood of him emerging victorious with the title. So maybe a better chance. I just don't want him to be squashed. Because like I told you a couple weeks ago when they announced this match, the first thought that came into my mind and the mind of many others was that he'd be squashed in under two minutes, which I really hope is not the case now because he's finally building momentum from this promo to the Jericho attack, the attack on Sami Zayn later in the show. I think it would be a massive waste that they just had the guy get beaten two minutes at this point. I, I'm pretty sure I missed it, but... The, the interview or whatever that happened with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, uh, I'm not too sure what, what, what was said or what went down, if that had any impact for Fastlane 
or kind of show that Brock might interfere. Um, did you see that brief interview with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar? I did. I mean, they didn't really say anything of note. They just kind of talked about Mania coming up and his mm. match with Goldberg, why he needs to win, all the standard stuff. Right. I mean, what they said, or really what Paul Heyman said anyway, wasn't anything out of the ordinary, just the way that they did it. Because you know the typical interviews that they do, which are great, by the way. When they did it with Samoa Joe last week, I loved it. And I loved when they did it this week with Brock. I hope they make it a weekly fixture on the show going forward. But um, this one in particular, Lesnar just stood up, forced Cole to leave, and he took his seat. And he took his seat and he put it right in front of the camera. And he was looking into the camera for like a solid maybe two minutes while Heyman talked, while just kind of like smiling the entire time. It was really uncomfortable, but it was like amazing at the same time. So what they said didn't really indicate that he might interfere, which again, as we've said before, it would make no sense just because if Goldberg wins, he has his title match at WrestleMania. So it didn't really change my perception of, of my prediction for the match come next Sunday, but it was really well done, though. Yeah, so I, I know me and you will go over the fast lane predictions uh, next week, and then obviously we'll we'll review the show the week after that. And um, I don't know, me and, you, me and you will go over the card for, for that part uh, next week. Um, what, was, what I thought was terrible was – that Bailey promo, whatever she was trying to do, it didn't fucking work because I'm I'm here <laughs> at home like I don't know maybe she was trying too hard or they making her try too hard or they they just uh they really want everybody to be a fan of Bailey and you know yes Bailey has a plethora of fans but at some point it was like you're watching that promo then Stephanie comes out and then Charlotte's involved and Sasha Banks involved and it's like. Did you get the Did you get the sense at home that the reason why Stephanie, Charlotte, Sasha were there because whatever Bailey was trying to do wasn't working and it kind of fell flat, so they had to come out and just kind of help her out? I mean, in terms of what my thoughts on it were, I thought it was okay. I mean, I actually enjoyed it, but it's been very polarizing just because you had said you didn't like it. Um, no. I just got finished talking with someone who said they loved it. So it's either like you hate it or you love it. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. So I kind of do fall in that, in that gray area. Um, I appreciated what they tried to do because Bailey's character is so wholesome that to the point where she would be the kind of character to give up the title because she didn't win it in, in a clean fashion. Her victory was tainted, as Stephanie McMahon said. It wasn't really the execution of the segment. It was just kind of the logic of it. Like, Bailey should know better. Like, I'm not saying she should have given up the time. I'm not exactly sure what I was expecting, but I wasn't really – I didn't think she would accept the fact that her win was tainted and then her and Sasha would hug it out. I expected at the very least to see some tension between Sasha and Bailey, with Bailey saying, hey, don't interfere in my matches anymore, and that kind of subtly plants the seeds for a Sasha heel turn before long. But we didn't see that, so it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, I know they were what they were going for in her home state of California, and the crowd was behind her. But I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I just came away from that segment not really sure what to think. Yeah, and you know, it was supposed to be oh, you know, Stephanie wants me to relinquish the title because I didn't win fair and square. It's tainted, and get the belt back to Charlotte, and then. They spend so much time teasing it, and, and and Bailey is trying to say, you know, like like a sad kind of way, like, oh, should I relinquish the title? And the fans, of course, they they're gonna say no. And I guess uh, maybe the the like you said, the 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 execution of what they were trying to do uh, was prolonging, which made Charlotte come out, which made Sasha Banks come out, 
and stuff like that, knowing that she was not gonna give the the belt up to 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 Stephanie. So, which leads into Bailey and Charlotte at Fastlane, and not and not jump into a conclusion of what the the the, the winner might be. But all signs pointing to Charlotte winning that belt at Fastlane, which is something that I don't think we're a fan of. Where the belt keeps going back and forth, back and forth with the same two or three people. So, um, I don't know, man. I I I still think the the way they're using Bailey is uh, a, a little too corny, a little too cheesy, a little too um, you know too quick. That they want everybody to, to to like her, and people do do indeed like her. But when you when you do things that you want everybody to be a fan of her, it's like all right, maybe you know let her grow, let her climb the ladder one step at a time, as opposed to just rushing everything. I allow you know, Roman Reigns uh, two, three years ago. So I, I hope she don't fall into that category of Roman Reigns where they want everybody to like you. And then at some point they want Bailey to be, you know, turned or, or something. And, and, and the Sasha Banks countdown to turning it, it, it's ticking, it, it's clicking. So at, at some point she'll turn heel. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's only a matter of when and not if, I mean, I've heard plans. I've heard, rumors of plans that they would turn her before mania and then i heard plans they might turn her i heard rumors of plans they might turn her before SummerSlam to do bailey sasha then i honestly would rather take sasha on smackdown so i hope they do the match before the draft because i really just want sasha to go to smackdown because she's as far away from fucking charlotte as possible because they did that match again on monday and it was a good match but it's like we literally just saw like the quote-unquote culmination of this feud like two months ago in an Iron Man match. So why would you go back to it so soon? So that didn't really make much sense to me. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of disenchanted with the storyline right now, kind of knowing what the outcome will likely be. Not that it's going to be, but there's a pretty good chance that Charlotte will regain the gold at the pay-per-view. And I've heard people compare it to rock and mankind from 99, which I get the comparison, uh-huh. but at the same time, at least, you know, rock and mankind, they were exchanging victories on both pay-per-view and raw. Like, I know with Sasha and Charlotte specifically, it's different because Charlotte always wins on pay-per-view and Sasha always wins on Raw. It's never the other way around. It's always fucking predictable. And Charlotte looks like a loser. Like, she lost to Sasha on Monday, yet she's going to win the belt back at the pay-per-view. Like, that to me makes no sense. We know she can't win on Raw. So the booking, at least it's consistent, I guess, in a way. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of what they're doing. So hopefully I'm wrong and they switch it up and they do something interesting going into Mania. Um, I, I just feel like it was kind of a ways to give Bailey her first win on the main roster and then to kind of go back and kind of fuck that up by taking the title off of her within two, three weeks. So I guess we'll see where it goes. Yeah, my thing is, what was the point of having that Sasha-Charlotte match on Raw anyway? It, it it didn't mean anything. Plus, you had Charlotte tap out. It was like, okay, yeah, I get it. They had the rivalry and everything, but it's like that match did not need to, to, to happen. And, and the fact that Charlotte had to tap – Oh, but, and by the way, she'll have a title match next week, and she'll win it. No, exactly. That's exactly it. Like, I just, the logic with all of this right now, just I'm not a big fan of, like, again, I hope I'm wrong, and they swerve us in a way that's good, like that no one expects or something, but just the way that I can kind of see it playing out, I'm just not a big fan of. Just for Charlotte to lose it on Raw, get a rematch, and the match is good. Like, we've seen Bailey and Charlotte have great matches in the past but I'm not really a big fan of doing the match again. Like just hold off until the pay-per-view. Like I know they have the whole fucking pay-per-view streak going, but at the same time, like, does it really matter? Unless they're going to have her blow it off at mania 
it just it's not doing the division any favors. Like NXT, I think would be a valid comparison. Like as awesome as Oscar is, and as awesome as she is undefeated, as you know, in being undefeated, it's not doing the rest of the division any favors whatsoever. So once she gets beaten, maybe the division kind of flushes out more. Um, hopefully the same thing with the Raw's women's division where Charlotte finally gets beat on pay-per-view. Maybe they finally start to give some love to the other competitors in the division on pay-per-view. So we'll see where it goes. I'm just not a big fan of how it's playing out so far. When it comes to the women on Raw SmackDown, are you more emotionally invested in what Raw is doing or what, or what SmackDown is doing? Oh, far and away SmackDown. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, I've said that before. I've been saying that for the past six months and it's no different now. Um, I mean, not to say that SmackDown's perfect. I mean, there's there's some things they're doing that I'm just not, uh-huh. you know, thrilled about. But, I mean, even Raw's, I mean, Raw's been doing better. I mean, the show overall, I will say, not to shit on Raw completely, the show has been better on the whole in the last couple of weeks um, than it was, God, three, four, five, six months ago. It was fucking awful. But um, I, I still say for as good as Raw's doing right now, SmackDown is far and away the superior show. Now you mentioned you, you you quickly mentioned the draft. I know you, you say I would hope Sasha would, would go to SmackDown down the road mm-hmm. or whatever. But do, do you think that you know like what they did back in the day of they had a draft and then like a, a, a whole year later they have like a new draft with trades. Are are do you think that maybe well last year the the, the initial draft happened in July. So let, let's say hypothetically this July. Do you think they will have a new draft where trades could happen, or do you think the roster on Raw and SmackDown now are are gonna, you know, remain the same, or do you think they will start doing those trades uh, down the road? I think they should do a draft. I'd rather see a draft than have them do trades. I mean, I'd rather. I mean, to kind of combine your two ideas, I would like to see a draft where they do um, trades and not what we used to see back in the day. Like the annual draft doesn't bother me. It's what bothers me is when they trade too many people. Like, they literally used to do, like, 30, 40 people changing brands. And at that point, what's even the point? Like, all the people that were on Raw or on SmackDown and vice versa, to the point where it doesn't even matter. Right. Um, so I do hope they do a draft just because, like, a guy like Sami Zayn, in my opinion, should be on SmackDown. A guy like Cesaro, oh, my God, like, if he was on SmackDown today, he'd be probably world champion tomorrow or, like, something close to that. So I feel like there's a lot of people that would benefit – from changing shows right now, or at least in a couple months, um, they shouldn't do it every six months. Like it's been, we're a little bit for, further away removed from the draft, but hopefully by June or July they do one. And again, like I said, hopefully they do trades and not the way they used to do it back in the day, where they would have Raw and SmackDown matches, and the winner of each match would get a draft pick. Like that, that's stupid to me. Like the fact that it's random. Like no other sport does that. Imagine if like other sports did random draft picks where one team got all the stacked kids. Like it's, like it's like a baseball team with all the stacked kids and all the other teams have like literally nobody or Raw gets more people than SmackDown or whatever. That just never made any sense to me. Like it was cool for the element of surprise, um, but trades, like they even did an article on their website a couple of days ago teasing trades like Brock Lesnar for John Cena. That's not and that's something I would necessarily want to see specifically, but the idea of, of trades you know, like they do in other sports and maybe calling up one or two NXT people as opposed to like Ken and depleting that roster again, um, I think would be a sound idea. We're chatting with Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report here on two out of three falls. Hit us up on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z, and at WrestleRant. Um, the New Day will be hosting WrestleMania. Um, I don't know if that means 
there's nothing for them to do. Um, it don't sound like anything great to me. I'm like, okay, a new day is hosting, uh, you know, whatever. But um, does it mean like they don't have nothing to do with them? That they're nowhere near the tag title picture. The idea of them going, you know, in their singles run, um, that time is not coming yet. Or maybe the fact, maybe they'll try to do um. Uh, and an interpromotional match where you know they could be hosting the event, and then like a team from SmackDown would come out and, and, and challenge them. What do you think the role of the New Day uh, hosting WrestleMania means? I mean, I wasn't thrilled when I heard about it. I'm not dreading it like some people are. I kind of have mixed feelings. Like on one hand, I'm glad they have a prominent role on the show. I don't know how good they will be in the role of a host for WrestleMania just because right. um, I think I, I had seen someone say like five minutes of New Day is great. Six hours of New Day, maybe not so much. So as long Whoa. as the role on the show <laughs> isn't like every other segment, I'm fine with it. Um, but at the same time, I'd rather have them in a prominent role like this where they're hosting the show as opposed to being in a multi-team tag title match or like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, where I assume they would end up just because they would be just another team. Like even last year, their match was completely forgettable. The only thing people remember about New Day last year was the friggin' cereal box entrance. Like that's it. They don't remember the match with League of Nations that League of Nations won for whatever reason. That just still doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I mean, this is fine. Like I'll take new day hosting over friggin' I don't know, celebrity that knows nothing about the product, which has happened countless times in the past or like a John Stewart who was great, but I mean, he hosted SummerSlam and he really wasn't that good last year. Um, so I'd rather have new day in the role, but yeah, in terms of like what the future holds for him, like I said, like there's really not much more you can do. They were the longest reigning tag team champions. So I'm fine with them in this role, but I assume like they're just killing time before the draft. Because on Raw recently, they have not been doing anything of note whatsoever. They've been involved in meaningless matches with friggin' the Shining Stars, Rusev and Jinder, Bo Dallas. Like stuff that pretty much confirms that they're completely directionless right now. But that said, I assume they're just killing time until the draft when they send Big E to SmackDown or something along those lines. I mean, you can't forget Stone Cold did stun Xavier Woods last year too at WrestleMania. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep, I did. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. It. Graham. It's whatever to me, man. If they can get involved somehow, great. But to be the host, um, unless they got something brand new that no other, um, no other host had. We've had Hulk Hogan host before. We've had The Rock did his hosting thing before. He kind of semi-hosted last year. So, um. I don't know, man, and and, and it, everything falls under the the tag team title picture on Raw, where it's you know Gallows and and, and Anderson, uh, Sheamus, Cesaro. But I mean, aside from that, you know uh, what the Shining Stars, the New Day. I mean, again, not to harp on the Raw and SmackDown thing, but it, it to me as a fan, it just seemed like SmackDown you know, the wheels are turning more. You, you kind of get a sense of what's going on. And, you know, the the contenders keep going. Uh, you know, they, they keep rolling. Raw, they tend to get a little stagnated with the, the you know, Baileys and the Sasha and the Charlottes and the, and the New Day and Sheamus and, and Cesaro. So, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people would agree that they watch SmackDown more because um, you just kind of know something different is going to happen. And the the whole title picture can change on the fly. You never know what's going to happen. John Cena won his 16th title and fucking lost it in two weeks. 
in the in the freaking chamber match. So seeing that and comparing to what's going on with Raw with the tag titles, you know, and the what the the non-existent U.S. title, it's just like you know what. And now New Day is in the middle of just like, hey, you know, yeah, we were the longest reigning tag champions, but now we ain't got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean. I, I had hoped that when they dropped the belts, because towards the end of their title reign, they were pretty stale. Like, they're stale now, but they were stale six months ago when they still had the championships and people were hoping, okay, when they finally drop the belts, they'll finally feel refreshed. But it's been, like, the exact opposite. They feel more stale now than they did fucking six months ago. Like, they really have not done anything to rejuvenate their characters whatsoever. Nope. Um, so I'm hoping, like, splitting them up or trading them to another show will do them some good, because right now they're just completely directionless and all the random shit they're doing. Like, if, if your main narrative, like, if your main storyline is fucking, uh, what are they doing now? Not the serial. Um, oh, God, I don't even remember. What are they, What were they doing on Monday night with the plans? The juice? It wasn't cereal. It was... What was that? The, the the booty juice or some shit like that? Oh, yeah, they mentioned that. that <laughs> yeah, oh, God, that yeah. was one thing. <laughs> oh, God, what was it? Oh, the ice cream. The ice cream was what it was. If, if your main storyline is that you're going after ice cream, it's like, okay, you've pretty much run out of ideas for these guys. So I'll take him in the hosting role, but it's yeah. nothing like overly exciting. Like, oh my God, I can't wait. So we'll see how it plays out. And, and that's what I'm saying, Graham. You don't see ice cream and booty juice and, and cereals and whatever on SmackDown. My thing is why. You don't see – I think Raw is more, you know – aimed at being, you know, comedic and SmackDown is more serious, more real. I don't know who's mm-hmm. writing. I don't know who's writing that shit, but every Monday, uh, maybe you, you can count on one hand how many comedy acts or comedy lines are thrown into the show. And when you watch SmackDown, that shit is serious at, at 8.01 p.m. all the way through. And it's like, yeah, it's cool. I know I know, I know a lot of children watch it. I, I get it. But it's like, all right, man, now you're pushing it too far with ice cream and this and this and that. Like, all right, now I'm going to change the fucking channel. Yeah, no, exactly. I feel like there's such a disconnect there. I mean, it's great that SmackDown has a different identity from Raw in that respect. I guess that's one positive. But at the same time, it's like everything about SmackDown feels so focused. It's one thing after another. And I'm a huge fan of like the less is more approach. When you don't have to have ten matches on one show, like mm-hmm. I think they had might might have had three matches on Tuesday or no four because they had the women's title, the other women's match, the battle royal, and that quick tag team match. They had four matches in two hours, but everything seemed to serve a purpose. Um, everything is just firing in all cylinders, and I mean the the, the two hours compared to three is one thing we've always said that, but right. it just seems like everything they're doing on that show. I mean, not everyone is completely. Like, I don't care about Dolph Ziggler right now or, or Apollo Crews or Carlisto, but at least it's a feud. Like, the New Day aren't doing anything right now. They have literally nothing going on nothing. other than the, the damn ice cream plans thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's why some people prefer to tune into SmackDown for more serious wrestling-based content as opposed to Raw with, like, the sports entertainment silliness all you know every Monday night, by and large. Anyway. The, the entire show isn't terrible, like I said, but it seems like they over-rely on the sports entertainment garbage more often than not. Grant, we have a new SmackDown Women's Champion. Her name is uh, Alexa Bliss, two-time champion now, defeating uh, Becky Lynch in a one-on-one match. Earlier, Naomi had to uh, had to relinquish the title due to an injury. Uh, I don't know if that's legit or not. It might be. Um, but with 
WrestleMania being in Orlando, her hometown, um, the signs point to her being in a match for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania and winning it. Um, I don't know if, if that's going to happen, but all signs point to that point to that happening. Um, one, her relinquishing the, the the title. Were you surprised about that? And two, um, Alexa and Becky for the title. Me, I I thought that I was I was at home. I'm like, okay, I, maybe it's, maybe it's kind of too quick to put her in there. But I'm like, if Becky beat Mickey James and Mickey James beat Becky Lynch, why is it? Mickey James in this match, whether it's uh, a triple threat or one on one, but they gave the uh, contendership to to Becky against Alexa Bliss, and I'm like, hey, it, it was an okay match, decent match, but um, I was wondering at home why Mickey James wasn't involved. W- were you feeling the same way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have seen Becky and Mickey so many times. I was like, are you are you serious? Like, I love Becky, but at the same time, when her music hit. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, why isn't it? No, it should have been Alexa and Mickey one-on-one. But, I mean, I'm holding out hope they didn't do that because they're doing the triple threat at Mania. And I assume Naomi's injury is legit from everything that I've heard that okay. she is actually her. I mean, she could always be back in time for the show because it's four or five, six weeks away. Um, I don't know how serious it is. I mean, I heard she said that it could have been worse. So I'm not exactly sure what the timetable is. I'm not even exactly sure what the injury is, to be honest with you. Um, but this isn't a storyline to the point where like, oh, we're going to take the title off her and she's going to win it back at Mania. Because if that was the case, they should have just held off on the title change to Mania. I mean, there is a chance she could be back in time and win it back there, which would be cool, considering, as you had said, it's her hometown of Orlando. Um, but in terms of the match on Tuesday, I thought the promo with Naomi was also really well done. But in terms of the match on Tuesday with Becky and Alexa, it was all right. We've seen the match so many times. I'm kind of disinterested by this point. It was okay. But I think putting the belt back on Alexa was key. Um, just because she's the best thing going right now. I mean, I think it would have been cool thinking back on it now had they done like a tourney or something, like a two-week tournament where they made Nikki and Natalia um, like a semifinal match and they made this a semifinal match and next week they do the winner of both matches against each other to crown a new champion. seems like they kind of rushed into crowning a new champion, maybe because they already have their plans set in stone for the pay-per-view. I'm not really sure. Um, but the, the positive in all of this, as I had said, was because it is Alexa Bliss winning back the belt because um, I think, other than Naomi, she's one of the better characters they have on that show right now. And arguably, she not have dropped the belt in the first place. So I'm completely fond of her getting back the belt um, after you know, in light of Naomi's injury. I was at home and I saw her, you know, give the belt up to to Daniel Bryan, and I'm like, um, and and and, and Daniel Bryan said that Alexa and Becky Lynch for the title. I was like, all right, we're in mid February or late February. WrestleMania is in April. I was like, how cool, how great would it have been to have, you know, Naomi give the belt up, and then from that point on, all the way to WrestleMania, there's no SmackDown Women's Champion where Alexa would have fought Becky that night, and Mickey James would have interfered. Bam, you have no champion. Then you have another match the following week. Then like something else happens where you don't get a clear winner, and then all the way, all the way up to WrestleMania, you keep building. We have no SmackDown Women's Champion ever since Naomi gave the belt up. And then once WrestleMania comes a, um, aboard and you put all these females in one match, in a, in, a, in a multi-female match, Naomi can regain the belt that she gave up, but no one 
no one won during her time off. I'm like, well, that could that that could have been a cool idea, but they went the you know traditional route, giving it to to Alexa Bliss, and I, I think she is one of the best things going on on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, uh, great talent, great great on the microphone, but I'm like. It would have been a cool idea to have no SmackDown Women's Champion all the way to WrestleMania and Naomi get the belt up and then win it back when no one else had a chance to win it back in in, in between the next two months. No, I like the idea a lot now that you bring that up. I feel like it would have been cool if they'd done, like I said, maybe not even a tournament, but they held off on crowning a new champion until the show. Like I said, maybe they have other plans. Um, Because I assume, as I told you last week, I assume the original plan was to do a four-way with Naomi, Becky, Mickey, and uh, and Alexa. So I assume that presumably that Naomi is now out of the picture. They'll do a triple threat instead with the remaining superstars. So I imagine that'll still be a great match. I mean, Naomi could always be back in time, like I said. Um, But yeah, I mean, it just felt a little rushed, like I had said, and as you had mentioned as well. It felt like Naomi gave up the belt, literally next segment, new champion crowned. And it was cool. Like I was happy to see Alexa win back the belt, but at the same time, I wasn't like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, another title change." And I think someone brought it up recently on some wrestling website, but we've had over twenty-five title changes since the brand split, which is crazy because we have so many damn titles these days, and we have a title changing hands almost every single week, whether it be on pay-per-view, on Raw, on SmackDown. Like this week, it was the SmackDown Women's Title. Last week, it was the Raw Women's Title. The week before that, it was the WWE and SmackDown women's title again. And the week before that, the U.S. title, like, and so on and so forth. We see this so often with everybody. Um, we, we, we see it so often with these title-changing hands almost every week, if not every other week, that it just gets to a point where like it doesn't feel special anymore. So hopefully they kind of hold back. I mean, I, I understand why they do it, but at the same time, I hope, I hope they kind of uh, – you know, hold back a little bit, uh, a little bit with that. You know, coming out of WrestleMania, and they don't do as many title changes as they have in the last couple of weeks slash months. So you said twenty five title changes since the draft. I mean, I don't know if you know if you know the number offhand or not, but uh, what's the percentage of those title changing moments are, are coming from Raw by itself? I don't know off the top of my head, but I would imagine. Oh, it's definitely more than. Um, no, actually, I can't. No, it's definitely, Raw's definitely got to hold the record. Yes, I mean, they have SmackDown, to. we've seen the IC title change hands a couple times, and the tag title, and the women's title, but I don't know. With Raw, like, the women's title changes alone with Raw have got to, like, put it over the top, and the tag titles are changed in twice or three times, too, and the U.S. title, so I think Raw holds the record. I might be wrong, but I believe they have the edge over SmackDown in that respect. Yeah, because the Raw women's title got to be 10 by itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta be said. Um, I I guess we're, you know, officially on the road to the Miz and Maurice against John Cena and Nikki Bella at WrestleMania. Um, not the best idea in the world, but you see the seeds being planted week by week. And this week, um, you know, Nikki Bella was in a loud, not last man standing, a false count anywhere match with with Natalia, and they went to the back and, um. Again, Nikki ran into Maurice, and Maurice retaliated, uh, came out, attacked her, and um, you know the Miz tried to hold uh, Maurice back, and no John Cena in sight. You know, she, he, you know he didn't come out to help, and um, then it, it it boiled over into the battle royal match with the Miz and John Cena being being involved. Cena threw Miz out, and Miz, even though he was eliminated, 
came back in, threw out John Cena, and now you now you're on the road to this uh, mixed tag match between the Miz, Maurice, John Cena, and Nikki Bella. From what you saw on Tuesday, with how they are planting the storyline, are you a little more intrigued of this mixed tag team match happening at WrestleMania? Personally, yeah. I mean, even when it was first rumored coming out of the Rumble, I honestly was completely okay with it just because, I mean, I don't want to see Cena in the main event or anything, but no. I mean, I, it's, uh, it's obviously way better than Cena Miz one-on-one, but at the same time, I don't know. I just, I just don't mind the idea of it. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's not even relatively something new. I guess it is for Cena and Nikki to be teaming up, but just for whatever reason, when I first heard it about a month ago, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of okay to that idea just because at least it gives Cena something to do. And what else really can you do with him? Unless he's facing AJ again, uh, which he isn't at this point, and Corbin's busy with Ambrose. What more can you do with Cena considering that Joe's on Raw, Samoa Joe's on Raw, Taker, they're doing the match with uh, Roman Reigns. I guess they could do that match, and I wish they would, but they're not because Vince is stubborn. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm almost okay with it. They set it up very well at Chamber as well as on Tuesday SmackDown. So it's going to be a fine undercard match if they do it for Total Divas, which I assume they will, with like maybe Cena proposing. It'll make a cool moment. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just personally just not against it for, uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, you could have had New Day uh, host WrestleMania for Raw and John Cena host WrestleMania for SmackDown. <laughs> that'd be I don't one know. idea. I mean, he wasn't <laughs> even on the show last year, so that'd be funny if he was off for two years in a row not wrestling. Um, I mean, I'm a little intrigued. I I, I just don't know wh- where that leaves the Natalia. I don't know if uh, uh, Nikki if Nikki goes into the the whole Maurice thing and um does Natalia. I mean, cause that rivalry is not is not over yet. Um, does she does that rivalry take a take a pause and 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 Natalia gets thrown into the the, the title picture? I don't know, or th- does she get involved at all? So. As much as as much as as I'm intrigued to see the mixed tag match, I, I'm also curious to see where they go with with uh, Natalia. I mean, that was another thing too. Like I told you a couple of weeks ago, I'm almost okay with this direction, just because not even with Natalia. I think it's I I'm just a big fan of not putting Nikki in the title picture. I just don't think she should be facing Alexa or whoever for that championship. I'm just I just don't really care to see her with the belt after seeing her with the championship for like a fucking year straight. Um, a few years back, I'm almost okay with her not going after the championship, going into Mania before she reportedly retires and becomes a part-timer or whatever the deal is. Um, but in terms of Natalia, I mean, it is weird because she won the match on Tuesday. I don't know if they can continue the feed beyond this point. Mm-hmm. They might. It's possible because they have enough time before now in Mania. But um, it doesn't look like they will. And I, I don't want to say I don't care, but at the same time, it's like Natalia is just not as big of a priority. Like I am way more intrigued and way more compelled by the characters of Becky and Alexa and Mickey and even Naomi over in Italia. I mean, she's gr- she's a lot better as a heel than she is as a baby face. Like, she's been doing some decent work recently. But at the same time, I just feel like been there, done that with Natalia. We've seen her with the championship before, albeit for not very long. But it's just one of those things where, I don't know, she's been here for so long, I don't really care to see her in a prominent role in the championship picture going forward. So... She just kind of gets the shaft. I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like she won't be a part of the card unless it's some sort of like multi-woman battle royal between the two shows, which is also possible. I don't see her being involved in any marquee match at Mania. I could see I could see a possibility where Miz teams up with Natalia over Maurice, 
But Maurice has wrestled before, and she's not terrible. And she makes more sense as Miz's partner than than, than uh, Natalia does. So that that's one possibility. But I don't see it playing out that way, though. Uh, big question: Why why the fuck was Mojo Raleigh in this battle royal? <laughs> I mean. When you think about it, like, who else could they have put in there? I'm glad it was Mojo and not some, like, the Vaudevillains or some random-ass <laughs> tag team. I mean, I guess you could have put Jack Swagger in there or something, yeah. but he hasn't been seen in months. I mean, he hasn't been seen in months, so at least Mojo Raleigh has been um, on TV at least somewhat consistently in recent months. And I like the fact that leading up to the match, they had done different promos between all ten guys uh, promoting why they should win it, right, which was right. pretty cool, giving them each their own motivation, which you know is very old school. They used to do that with the Rumbles back in the day. And uh, Raleigh had mentioned that he had won two Battle Royals before, so which I thought was a little fun fact. He had won two Battle Royals in the last couple months, like when him and Ryder won. And then also, I think about a month ago or whatever, when he qualified for the Rumble itself. So he had that going for him. Other than that, I mean, he was the first one gone, so I can't complain. Like, he served his role, then nah, he was shot. the fuck out of there. So um, I thought it was fine. Now, speaking of, speaking of the Battle Royal, uh, it did set up a lot of things. Like I said, John Cena and The Miz and their program for WrestleMania. Uh, uh, Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose, which w- was already solidified at the Chamber pay-per-view, but it, it just you know went higher um, in this Battle Royal. Um, what else, Who else was in this Battle Royal? Uh, Dolph Ziggler and the Apollo Crews storyline. How does that and, – and Kalisto, how does that go? I don't know. Um but now we still don't quote unquote don't know who's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania to fight Bray Wyatt for the WWE WWE Championship. Um, I I want to ask you: Was Luke Harper and AJ Styles falling um, over the top rope to the floor? Um, do you think that was the way they wanted it to go down, or do you think? somebody kind of fucked up and was supposed to still be on the apron, but kind of lost their footing. Or do you think that going both going out at the same time was the initial plan? The draw was planned. I can pretty much confirm that that was like what was supposed to happen. What was not supposed to happen was AJ clearly touching the floor first. Like they won't admit it because they wanted to build the Harper and AJ next week, one-on-one, which is great because the match is fucking going to kick ass. But you can clearly see, like, I saw a lot of hate over the finish. Not because it was a draw, but because <laughs> but because you can clearly see AJ's feet touch the floor first. And it's okay. Like, they botched. They fucked up. Like, it, it didn't come off well, but you have – like, people have to understand it is so incredibly difficult to pull something like that off. Like a, like a Luger Hart situation from Rumble 93 it's so or 94, rather. It's so hard to pull something like that off. It's just almost impossible, and the timing has to be just right. Um, so that being said, yeah, I thought the idea of the draw was great because it drags it out a little bit more and you get Harper AJ one-on-one, which is also awesome. I assume it plays into Shane and AJ somehow with AJ wanting to beat up Daniel, but he can't. So Shane steps in instead. Again, a match I'm not thrilled about, but I can see where they're going with it. And, um, yeah, like I said, they have enough time between now and mania that they have time to kill. So doing this in the meantime, I think is great. All that segment was missing was, you know, a la Batista and John Cena at the Rumble was, you know, having AJ and Luke Harper argue, argue, and Vince McMahon come out and then, like, <laughs> fuck up his hamstring, get either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would I would have loved to have seen that reenactment with Daniel Bryan or Sheen would have been glorious. Yeah. Um, 
So we are going to have AJ and Luke Harper next week. And I guess the, the quote-unquote winner will go on to WrestleMania uh, against Bray Wyatt. Even though we all know Randy Orton is still going to be in that match. And, you know, we kind of see the triple threat Wyatt family uh, match happening, which which I'm fine. I'm cool with. Um, but I want to ask you with how, you know, with the rise of Braun Strowman on Raw, did, did the people at SmackDown say, you know what? If Braun is rising to the top on Raw, we're going to have Luke Harper rise to the top on SmackDown. Because I think Luke Harper getting up there in this main event scene happened happened pretty fucking quickly. And, um, you know, Bray Wyatt has been trying to be in the main event spot. And he finally got there after three, four years. And Luke Harper just banned right away, which which I, I'm, I'm all good for. But do you think that... You know, the writers were like, All right, we're going to have one former member of the Wyatt family be on top on Raw with the Braun Strowman and, and whatever. And now we're going to have Luke Harper ascend to the top on SmackDown as well. I don't think it was intentional. I think it just kind of worked out that way, which is cool. I mean, Wyatt's the champion. Harper's probably going for the belt in Mania along with Randy Orton. Strowman's the top guy on Raw. Um, yeah, it just kind of worked out that way, I would assume. Unless it was intentional, which would be pretty cool. But I think it's just a, a pretty cool coincidence. Um, just because it's not like Harper being in the championship match really kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he became a main event star in the last month or so, but mm-hmm. they've been building this thing with Wyatt and Orton for months now, like since Harper came back into the fold, right. um, like in October or November. So it's not completely random, but I think it is cool though. I didn't even really think about that, but you have pretty much an even Orton technically he's, he's a Wyatt family member. Still you have all four or i mean i guess four of the five former wyatt family members in top spots eric rowan's still gone he sucks anyway so it's not like he'd be a top star but um having stroman harper Har- uh stroman harper orton and white in prominent positions on both raw and smackdown it's pretty cool and they've all deserved it too because i love the storyline they've done with smackdown on smackdown with those three guys orton harper and wyatt and what they've been doing with stroman on raw has been just exceptional since the brand split so you think Luke is going to go on to win on Tuesday? And how how do we get how do they start the AJ Styles versus question mark person at WrestleMania? Is is it going to be Shane? Um, is it going to be? Uh, I mean, if it is Shane, how do they just build that feud? Or like, hey, uh, I've been you never granted me my one on one rematch, and I'm tired of this, and I want the Shane McMahon first at, after the Rumble. Um, how can they really play that out to, to be a, 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 a worthy kind of match to watch at WrestleMania? How did it go on from, from AJ Styles past Tuesday on SmackDown? I assume that's what they will do. I assume that AJ will lose, like I said, on Tuesday. And then somehow it's going to lead to him getting pissed at Daniel Bryan, maybe on Talking Smack or on the show itself, whatever, the very next week. And he demands, like he's about to beat the crap out of him, and out comes Shane McMahon to set up that match. Because as you can probably tell, as he has been for a while now, um, AJ's been upset with management and storyline. So, like, it, it's a match that makes sense from a storyline standpoint. They have been planting the seeds for a while now. So, it's like, again, it's not completely random. That doesn't make me a fan of it, just because, as we've talked about before here on the show multiple times, I just think it's a waste of AJ. Um, I, I, then again, but what else do you do with him? Like maybe you do AJ Joe interpromotional or something like that. But now that he's no longer the champion, it just doesn't really make much sense um, to really put him in anything else but a match with Shane. So as I had told you last week, my hope is that they'll make the most out of it. Like Sean did in his match with Vince at WrestleMania 22, 11 years ago, 
Um, but other than that, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they build it up just right now because I don't know how they get to that point. But it does make sense in a way from what they've been teasing and what they've been building for the past month or so at this point. All right, Grant, three more before we go. Um, Seth Rollins is supposed to appear on Raw on Monday. I don't know, in person or via satellite or whatever. But um, should we look into what Seth would be doing on Raw or just going to be a normal, basic interview kind of shit? I don't want to say, I don't want to put too much stock in this company, like put too much faith in this company because the last time they offered an update on Seth Rollins' injury, like the week after he got hurt, they said nothing. They just said he was hurt. And it's like, okay, I didn't learn anything mm. new. And I didn't learn anything more than I knew before a couple of weeks ago. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's not anything out of the ordinary for this company. So I'm not surprised entirely, but, um, no, at the same time, I think when he, you know, come come Monday night, they will probably give a better idea as to whether what his status will be for April second. I assume he is good to go. Like he's not good to go right now. I know Mick Foley alluded to on Raw this week that Seth Rollins will definitely be missing WrestleMania and kind of like a throwaway comment to like Stephanie or something. Um, but other than that, they really have not made a clear indication as to whether he will be wrestling. And I assume he will, because otherwise, why would you have him appear on Raw like in the go home show before a pay per view? So I, I think he will be back in time, but I hope they give more info on what his status is and not just kind of dancing around the question as they have in the past. Speaking of someone who was hurt, we have no idea if he's medically cleared yet, but um, apparently Finn Balor appeared on a, a, a NXT taping during the Bobby Roode Nakamura match and um, attacked Bobby Roode and all that good stuff. Um, was good to see you back in the ring. I know it was real brief, but um, do you think he'll fight at Mania, or do you think he'll come back on the Raw after WrestleMania? Mm, I think he'll be at Mania. I just don't think he'll be competing, mm-hmm. just because, as you had said, I mean, he, he came back at the tapings, the NXT tapings on Wednesday, um, or last night. I think it was Wednesday. Either way, um, this past week. And he looked great. If you watched the video of him taking the fight to uh, Bobby Roode and Andrade Cien Almas, he looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he had said, I'm not medically cleared to compete. So I don't know if he was saying that tongue-in-cheek, like trying to swerve the fans as he has before. Like he's, not, he, he's known for trolling the fans. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. And also at the same time, too, he's being advertised for Raw live events right before Mania. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's wrestling on those shows. I assume he is from what I've heard. So he should be good to go relatively soon from what it looks like based off photos that I've seen and videos that I've seen of him, you know, in, you know, getting physical with other people. It didn't look like he was trying to play it safe. I think they're just waiting for him to become a hundred percent. I mean, it wouldn't be too soon. I mean, there is a chance we could see him appear at Fastlane to set up something for mania. It just really kind of depends on what they set up. They, they don't really have too much time. They only have a so unless it's something like impromptu where they set it up in like the next month or so, I guess they could, but I assume like he'll pull like what Cena did something similar last year where he just kind of shows up at the last minute in like a throwaway fucking segment or something. Uh-huh. And then they'll have him officially come back like the next night. Like that's what I would assume will happen. So I guess we'll see, but that's my prediction though. And the last one I got for you, Graham, uh, you know, we, we have new hall of fame entries. You know, we, we know about Kurt Angle, the rock and roll express, Teddy Long, which I forgot to ask you about last week. And 
And DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, a guy that I've had on my show, you've had a, you've had on your on, on your show. Uh, great guy doing the stuff with DDP Yoga, helping out Scott Hall, Jake Roberts, and, and countless others. Um, and getting his just due getting uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I was very happy about that. Just want to get your thoughts on DDP getting into the Hall of Fame. No, I loved it as well. Yeah, we forgot to mention it last week, but yeah, Teddy Long's in, Kurt Angle's in, Midnight Express is in, or Rock and Roll Express, rather, and now DDP's in, too. So it's a pretty strong class as it stands right now. Uh, like you said, DDP's the fucking man. Like, both inside and outside the ring, the guy's a great dude, just in terms right. of how he's helped other people, like Scott Hall, Jake Roberts, and the list goes on and on and on and on. In terms of the amount of people he's influenced, both in the industry and, you know, just in general, in terms of helping them, kind of get sober and shit like that. So well long overdue, just in terms of everything that he's contributed to the business, both inside and outside the ring, long overdue, but well-deserved. I'm very happy to see that the video package they aired on Monday's Raw was great. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they kind of fill out the rest of the class, like DDP, Long, Angle, Rock and Roll Express. All of them are deserving. And probably the most stacked class I've seen since maybe WrestleMania 29 weekend, the same night they had uh, Foley, Sam Marquino, Backlund, Booker T, and Trish Stratus go in. So, and Donald Trump too, the current president of the United States. So, oh man! Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty it's a pretty strong class. So I'm hoping I'm looking forward to seeing who else they induct and who else they announce to be inducted in the weeks to come. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've the rumor was that the rumor was for a while that that DDP was you know rumored to be in the Hall of Fame, so I'm happy that that is now official. Also rumored was was uh, Rick Rude, so I guess at, at some point, if he gets in, that'll be great because, you know, he, he's had a long story career and um, one of the best ever to do it. So um, right now, this for Teddy Long, Kurt Angle, Rock and Roll Express, and DDP. So I think you know, with the, with the amount of weeks leading up to WrestleMania, maybe three, four, five more. Because, you know, they, they like to put, like, ten people in one Hall of Fame. So, um, but overall, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad for DDP. Uh, hopefully, I can get him on the show before that. And the same thing for you. But um, just a real great guy, class act guy. So, um, next week, we're going to review our uh, preview fast lane. What I'm going to do is... Um, you know, try to do a, a a DVD giveaway for the people who hear the show. So I'll be doing that on next week's show and the review show of Fastlane. So those who like the show, who hear it, um, give us a shout on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, at Russell Rant, Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report does great work. And um, always a pleasure to have you on uh, every week. And I know we'll, we'll preview Fastlane next week, man. Thanks as always, Randy. I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll catch you down the road, brother. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right.